Hello and welcome to Ken Griffey's Grotesquely Swollen Jaw. The podcast that follows my journey as I try and get learn all about the wonderful sport of baseball, one major league team at the time. Now joining me today uh, to represent the other half of the Giants-Dodgers rivalry, it's Ian Carlson. Ian, thanks very much for joining me today. No worries, great to be here. Good. So uh, to ask the sort of the first introductory question, as, as I've been asking my my UK guests, UK based guests so far. So why why baseball? How did you get involved into baseball and not cricket or not NFL or why specifically? What 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 was your entry level in, in into baseball? Uh, well, actually, I, I got into baseball through NFL. Um, I've been a I've been a fan of the NFL since it was first shown in in the UK back in the early eighties, and I've followed that ever since and then as as more and more american sports have um sort of made their way onto tv over here and obviously with the with the internet and twitter and everything it's you know you can follow any sport any team anywhere in the world sort of thing um so i started watching it um a bit more and then i've got two younger brothers both of whom are, are, are massive baseball fans um one of the cubs and one of the uh, as they're now known the guardians um and they've done sort of coach trips around the states watching games and all sorts of things over you know many years ago in their sort of <laughs> pre-married lives um and I, so I suppose a combination of being into american sport through the nfl having them you know regularly talking about baseball um i just started watching it a bit more when it was you know increasingly on tv over here um i picked i picked the dodgers um my my, my nfl team are the vikings from minnesota um and i kind of got into my head that um with it with a young youngish family minnesota was perhaps not the the, the top of the sort of tourist list okay, no. <laughs> um and, and i thought in terms of um of, of a baseball team whereas the easy option would be to just just go with the twins i thought no it'd be quite nice to um to pick a team where i might actually have a chance of actually going to see them in the real world in the flesh sort of thing <laughs> um and and you know so obvious sort of i guess holiday destinations were things like either the west coast or 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 east coast and you know sort of boston or new york kind of thing um and I decided to go for go for the Dodgers because I thought, yeah, there's a good chance as a family we'll go out to LA at some point as a holiday, and um, therefore a pretty good chance I'll get to see them. And and sure enough, a couple of two or three years after I sort of started following them, we we did have a holiday out on the on the West Coast and did get to go to Dodger Stadium and see a game for the first time. Oh, that's pretty. Again, um, I'm getting different answers every time I'm asking that question, which is, is great. It shows the complete um, breadth of the reason as to why someone would would follow a sport, but. To, to convince your wife to go on holiday there it's not one i've i've heard yet so it's always always good to hear hear different reasons um you know, so since the um you've been been following the team then so so it's the you're already uh indoctrinated almost into the american sport structures that the franchise model the uh divisional structures from from your nfl nfl fandom uh so since getting into the dodgers then um so when we we're speaking for so again they are uh, as with the Giants, one of the historical names, there's always been a Dodgers, but they've not always been the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, so I think the most famous person associated with the Dodgers in that era is is Jackie Robinson. So if any any listeners who might not be fully aware of him or might have only heard the name, so who was he and what was his importance to the Dodgers and, and to baseball in general? Yeah, I, I think you're right. He probably is one of the most famous names. Um, so he he played for the Dodgers. Um, I have to say before my time. Um, so he <laughs> played for them. Um, uh, sort of late 40s to the mid 50s, so 47 to 
to 56 just before the Dodgers moved moved out of um, out of out of Boston. Uh, Boston out of Brooklyn, <laughs> get my teeth in. Um, so, in terms of highlights as a player, you know, he was he was Rookie of the Year in his first year. He was many times an All Star, won the World Series. He was an MVP, batting champion. Um, you know, all all very you know commendable baseball stats in their own right. But the the thing that really makes him stand out was he was the first African American to play um, play for the MLB, playing the MLB, um, and he got called up just before the start of the forty seven season. And plenty of, as you can imagine, sort of controversy and, you know, various players, you know, not suggesting that they might not want to play with him, opponents suggesting that they might not want to play against the Dodgers, all that kind of stuff. Um, there was a there was a great quote. Um, I, I did a little bit of research before this pod and found a, a great quote from the the manager of the, of the team at the time who, who, who said, I don't care if the guy is yellow or black or if he has stripes like an effing zebra. I'm the manager of the team and I say he plays. Um, and they put him out there. And, um, yeah, he's relatively old, I suppose, by um, sort of professional sports standards in terms of making his debut because he didn't start until he was 28. But he'd been been playing in the Negro Leagues before then. Um, so he actually only played for the Dodgers for, for 10 years. Um but but made a huge impact both as a as a player and then the kind of legacy since then and to the point where in um in the late 90s the MLB retired his number across all teams so not just for the Dodgers so the number 42 was retired across across all the teams back then and then more recently they've introduced something called Jackie Robinson Day which given that we're recording this on the 10th of April we're only five days away so 15th of April every year um when having retired having said that they've retired the number uh, 42 across all teams 15th of, of April everybody who's playing that day wears number 42 um and it's sort of obviously unique to um not just to, to baseball but pretty much to any sport I, I imagine um there's loads of uh, books and films and stuff about his life but but most recently um the late Chadwick Boseman played Jackie Robinson in the film 42 which anybody um interested in sort of finding out more about it it's, it's not a bad place to start as a as, as a film to watch about his life and and, and career good so um you mentioned that <clears throat> great quote from from the manager so what was his motivation was it purely he wanted to pick the very best player or was he a super liberal or how did why was it that manager and not the manager of of the giants or of the yankees who who, who took that bold step um well it was it was the owner at the time oh. um branch ricky who, who signed him and and um i think there was a there was an element of of of, of money making in that but equally you know you're going to pick somebody who um you're not going to pick somebody who can't play the game or is going to let the side down. Um, the, the manager who came up with the quote when he said, you know, if I say plays, he plays. The, the quote continues, you know, mm-hmm. basically he's good for the team, but he's going to make us a lot of money as well. And and you all as players a lot of money. So they could they could they could clearly see the um, the the spin off potential, as it were, if they if they were the first first team to pick a, an African-American and for him to be successful, clearly. Um, and so, you know, certainly if you read. I've read a couple of biographies about him and, and and films and stuff. He was chosen as much around his temperament. You know, they knew that the first first African American to play in the MLB it wasn't just good enough that you were really good, either a pitcher or a batter or whatever. You were going to have to have the sort of um, the temperament and the personality to be able to stand up to all of the hatred and racism and all the rest of it. So it was much about finding the 
the, the right person looking at it from all angles, not just can can they play the game. Good. So it's just like a, a positive story that he um, the the Dodgers were able to see see past him because they saw the business opportunity. That's it seems like it might be the initial reason, but still that's still like a good valid good valid reason to to break that color barrier. Yeah, and I think there was a lot at the time. There was a, people were realizing that you know if they wanted the best team, there were a lot of standout players in the Negro leagues who were doing extremely well. And it was kind of like, well, we're, we're basically, um, whatever we, we restrict ourselves to one type of player by, by definition, we can't be always having the best possible team out there because there's a whole group of players who were restricting ourselves to not being able to play. So, so there's a bit of a, you know, a long-term let's, let's, let's open up playing so that we can get the best players into the game. Yeah, so was he? So Jackie Robinson was the first. The second was the next week or, or the next season or how? I think there was a, did... I think there was a couple more were in the next signed up the next season and then it gradually spread from there. I know there were a couple of teams that were later than than a lot of the others for you know I guess local political reasons to to sign players, but it, it did start to grow quite rapidly after that. Good. So um, the other legend legend of the Dodgers who we sort of spoke of before is is Sandy Koufax so who who is he and how is he he important to the Dodgers and he spanned both the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Los Angeles Dodgers um, is, is that right or I got, got the date slightly wrong there yeah no he was he was he he was with the Dodgers from 55 through to through to the mid 60s so yeah he was um he was there both sides of the line as it were um yeah I mean he's one of the one of the one of the great names in in Dodger history one of the great names in baseball history he, an all-star seven times he won the world series four times um Cy Young three times um and made it as a first ballot hall of favorite F- hall of famer um back in 72 so um yeah an outstanding picture um and and one of the yeah one of the legendary names in, in Dodgers history so the being moving with the, the team so players I guess asked to or told to upstick saying sorry you got to get rid of that apartment in in Brooklyn you're moving to Los Angeles now did uh the whole team do that or did did was it unusual that he he also moved moved across across the country with, with the no team? they I, I, I don't know whether everybody moved but pretty much pretty much everybody went yeah so they were they'd had um they'd been in Brooklyn and then left to go to LA um just before the start of the 58 season and then they had four years at the at the Coliseum in the L, in LA before moving to to Dodger Stadium, where they still are in in '62. So um, yeah, a whole host of stars, um, even a even a, a reasonably well known commentator who we might talk about a li- bit, little bit later on this uh, this pod um, moved across. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it was a a combination of an old stadium that they couldn't redevelop, struggling to find somewhere to um, to get a new stadium in in New York, and then obviously business opportunities and money financial opportunities um there was a, a cons- consortium from LA came across to to um to New York to try and pinch a variety of teams from from MLB and and I think initially weren't actually targeting the Dodgers but but ultimately managed to get the Dodgers to move across and and clearly the Giants moved from New York as well and ended up on the west coast at the same time yeah so the history of the, the teams again it's it's always difficult from a, a European perspective to fully fully aware of this so when we talk about the Dodgers there's no separation in in either your minds or or the minds of other fans the Dodgers are a team they've had a few ballparks some in one city some in the other city 
it's, it's the one that's one the one true judges would was that everyone unanimous on yeah i think so i think so yeah i mean it's brooklyn dodgers la dodgers um you, you go to the stadium you see plenty of people wearing brooklyn dodgers shirts i've got one myself i must admit um it's i think it's um yeah, I mean, it, it's reasonably common in, in American sports, not just in, in baseball, of franchising moving from city to city usually is to do with 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 money is involved at some point in the in the reason for the move. Um, either not making enough money where they are or opportunities to make more money where they could move to. Uh, so again, we, we touched on him just now. So Vin Scully, the the commentator. So again, I've my baseball knowledge was very limited before this podcast but again he's uh mentioned in the simpsons uh i think in a puppet can, can imitate vin scully and then to my surprise i have actually did actually visit the dodgers in 2014 so when i was not a, a fan getting into it as i am now i just went again as a tourist like like you were and to, to my surprise vin scully was there doing the announcements so i i knew the line vin scully but i had no idea who he was so yeah, Ian, perhaps you can help fill in some gaps. How did Vin Scully get from Brooklyn in the 50s to the Simpsons to still be reporting on games in 2014? And I think until his death, which was quite recent, I seem, seem, seem to Yeah, he, he, he died last year. He retired a couple of years before then. But yeah, he, he, he did 67 years. And, and you, you mentioned earlier about um, comparing sort of European sports to American sports and it being a bit unusual, this sort of... Um, teams moving and all the rest of it i think another thing that's a bit unusual with american sports is they seem to have their own commentators broadcasters you know do all the home games and they get they get associated with different teams um you know so so vin vin called games for the dodgers for 67 years so the longest of any any broadcaster with any professional sports team in history i think um he, he started yeah he started in brooklyn he was actually a giants fan originally okay. before before he um i think he got into the he got into the giants i think they lost they lose a world series or something and i think he felt he felt sympathy for for the losers so he sort of decided he would <laughs> follow them so he started off as a, as a giants fan and then then obviously started calling games for the dodgers and and, and switched allegiances um so yes yeah, so he was with them for 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 67 years he always started his sort of uh his broadcasts with you know it's time for dodger baseball and and then wishing everybody a, a very pleasant afternoon or evening or whatever it was that that same sort of line that uh, and certainly you talk to people in the states who you know loads and loads of stories of people growing up from from childhood sort of listening to vin on the on the radios you know the classic tales of, of kids being sent to bed and secretly listening on the radio underneath the, the the blankets and all the rest of it um and and certainly for for people who've you know live in la it, it's sort of part and parcel of their of, of their life from from childhood and up to up to adulthood um he, he won loads of awards he got a lifetime emmy award he's he's got a star on the hollywood um, wow. walk of fame um he got the presidential medal of, of freedom so you know he's won sort of sports related awards and then more general sort of awards just just for being um being such a star and by all accounts a, a really nice guy um and now if you go to dodger stadium where on the sort of on the stands where they've got the the numbers of the retired players they've got a, a the, the logo of, of his microphone as well which was kind of retired uh, mm -hmm. in the way that the yeah. team might retire a, a player's number as well so his he was employed by the club or is he employed by the broadcasters who he, he, cover the games 
Yeah, he worked for the club. He worked for some broadcasters as well. So he did stints with CBS and uh, NBC, and he did as well as doing the Dodgers. He did he did some NFL commentating. I know he did some golf. I know he did the, the World Series as well. Um, and it is one of those voices occasionally if you're watching sort of um, flashback coverage of American sports of different mm-hmm. sports. You certainly you kind of find yourself watching and listening, and thinking, "I'm sure I recognise that." Sure, I recognise that voice, and sure enough, it's it's Vin doing a different sport in you know years gone by. Cool. So he's um he's a, he's a very important person then in, in 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 sporting culture or in Los Angeles sporting culture. So from your your fandom again back to following the team, as you said in, in the UK for some time. Do you did you go for the authentic coverage? Did you always try and find a feed or a stream that had had Vin Scully, or is that perhaps because you've not grown up in LA specifically? It's less important or on the other hand, more important to try and prove that you're a real fan. You're listening to Vince Scully. <laughs> no, I, 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 if I'm honest, I guess it's less important because you know I've not grown up in in that way listening on the on the local radio and you know it's not my local team kind of thing. Um, so it's I, I get why he's important, and you know you only have to go to Dodger Stadium and and, and talk to people out in LA and 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 you know you get you pick up very quickly quite how important he is to people who've been fans since childhood and who sort of bored and bred out there um so i get why he's important um is he as important to me no because i didn't grow up listening to him it's almost like you can sympathize you 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 know instead you can recognize his voice if you're him completely out of context but he's, he's not necessarily have that that same childhood memories for you. yeah i mean it's a bit like the closest i think i can get is, is you get people in, in over over in this country talking about test match special and how yeah. they've you know grown up listening to in sort of long summer summer holidays from school listening to test match special from you know half 10 in the morning through to half six in the evening or whatever and and the same voices over and over again mm-hmm. type of thing that that's that's the closest i think i can i can get to it in terms of what would be a a uk comparison good um, so we spoke, Ian, um, before with the, the Dodgers UK uh, Twitter account. So one of the uh, most famous games in, in history was game one of the 88, 1988 World World Series. So were you already a fan at this point or, or, or not not quite? Is it just a bit before your time? No, it's before my time. I've, I've probably been a fan. I was trying to, work, I was trying to do the maths actually earlier. Um, I've, I reckon maybe 15 years, something like that, okay. give or take. So so. Not as long as not as long as as many people, but you know, not not since last week either, I suppose. Yeah, good. But no, um, so the, yeah, that, that, that game there, I guess you must have heard heard a lot about it in terms of the the the, the legends and uh, Kurt Gibson and all that. It's it's one that gets replayed um, mm-hmm. many many times. Yeah, um, and it's it's yeah, I mean, it's just one of those iconic moments for in in, in Dodgers history. I mean, they went into the into the World Series against Oakland. Um, you know, as the underdogs, Oakland had, had had a very dominant series in the American League. You know, they had over a hundred wins. They they swept the um, the Red Sox in the AL Championship Series. Um, you know, very strong. Whether it was um, batting, starting pitching, or, or the bullpen, um, it's not to say the Dodgers were a bad team, but they were definitely not the favourites going into the World Series. Um, and, and Kirk Gibson, who you mentioned, he he led the team with home runs. Although although he led led the Dodgers with home runs in the season, I think he was only about seventh overall in the in the National League. So, you know, there the, the were no. It was more of a, a, I suppose, a team effort than any standout players. They they, they did have um, 
Oral Hershiser, who, who was the Cy Young winner, and and you know, so they're very strong pitching and a very strong bullpen, but but perhaps not so strong from a batting department. Um, and in game one, Gibson wasn't able to start. He he had both his both his legs were giving him problems. I think it was a hamstring on his left hamstring and his right knee. So you know, hobbling with 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 both sides. Um, and and in fact, Vin Scully, who we um, mentioned bef- before, there was a quote while he was commentating saying that they'd sort of put the camera around the the, the dugout and and everywhere else, and that um, Gibson was nowhere to be found. But um, turns out he was actually in the in the clubhouse taking practice swings on a kind of just in case I might be able yeah. to get out there, might be needed kind of thing. Um, and the Dodgers, I mean, they took an early lead, but then um, the A's got a um, a grand slam in um, I think it was in the second innings I think it was so they pulled out to, to get a bit of a lead um which the, the Dodgers um pulled back another one in about the sixth I think it was but then going into the bottom of the ninth down by one um with two outs um they got one batter on through a walk and, and at the time Gibson wasn't even in the on-deck circle and then they sort of swapped him out got him out there hobbled him up to the plate mm-hmm. um and he ended up fouling the ball off loads of times and then then got to the point where it was the eighth pitch of the at bat um and and hit a home run to um to 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 walk the game off um and and win it and then the Dodgers went on from there and uh, and won the world series 4-1 so um yeah it's it's the, the the iconic shot is of him trying to run around the bases <laughs> having hit his whole having hit his home run sort of hobbling all the way and uh, and and fist pumping as he went as he went around um so yeah, won won that game for them, and um, but then didn't play again. He was in in the World Series. He was he was out with his injuries for the for the remaining games. Good. Uh, so the the manager then of, of the Dodgers at this point was uh, Tommy Lasorda. So again, in my um, pre previous episode uh, with uh, Charlie, who was telling me all about the Giants, he said that the Tommy Lasorda is the all-time villain of the of the Giants is he uh is he again must be uh certainly a, a hero for for the Dodgers and would you also have a an all-time rival for the Dodgers maybe someone from the Giants organization um yeah t- Tommy Lasorda is, is another Dodgers hero and there's there's various video footage of him um at sort of when they when the Dodgers beating the Giants, particularly if it's in in San Francisco, winding the crowd up there um, and, and and milking it for all it's worth, a, a real showman. Um, I suppose from 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 my perspective um, as a more recent um, fan, um, I'd, I'd say someone like Madison Bumgarner, who's who's no longer at the Giants, but but um, a, a person of um, that, that the team loved to hate. I mean, you, yeah. you've got to respect what the guy has done as a pitcher for the for the Giants. But um, yeah, if, if ever you saw there was a lineup and and we were we were playing the Giants and he was the starting pitcher, that was the one game you you kind of you wanted to make sure you watched and and and, and get the win against him. Um, and I've and I've got the uh, there was a, a moment a few years ago when um, when Max Muncy hit a home run at, at, off off Bumgarner at the Giants Stadium and put it in the water and it was the there was the 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 the, the shouting and the aggro at one another as he ran around the bases and culminating in with some a, a few expletives and will you go and get it out the ocean there yeah. uh, i'm pl- pleased to say i've got the t-shirt with the get it out the ocean um logo and phrase on it so um yeah i'd, I'd go i'd go bum garner i think if there was somebody from the giants who i had a was, was particularly keen to beat yeah so in your um 
15 years or so then as a fan so we talked about the the 88 world series but that was actually the most recent world series win until until recently of course so in your first years as a fan were the dodgers close um or were you thinking why have i put the dodgers yeah i've got my holiday to la but this is a team who, who aren't winning what was it like supporting them until that 2020 world series well, yeah, to be fair, they've had a pretty good run recently. You know, they've 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 I mean, they've they lost a couple of World Series before they won it. Um, you know, they got through to the championship round, got through to the divisional round. So they got through into the playoffs. So so um, and in fact, I did get a bit of bit of grief from my brothers for picking the Dodgers. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, for goodness sake, why on earth if you pick them? Because, you know, they've got loads of money and and blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, so it's been. Um, it's been quite nice to be honest you know <laughs> especially as somebody who as I mentioned earlier supports the Vikings in NFL who, who never won a Super Bowl and and who managed to dash your hopes on the rocks pretty much every year so it's, it's actually quite nice for um, having a team that 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 is pretty successful. You mentioned the the money so it's um, the takeover was 2013 or, or, or 14 is that right? Uh, yes yeah I think it was about yeah yeah with the with the consortium coming in yeah yeah so how has that um changed changed the team so they went from being one of the lowest spenders or proportionally lowest spenders to, to one of the, the biggest or what what sort of immediate differences apart from starting winning games have you noticed under, under these new owners i think i think if nothing else in terms of an immediate change it kind of starts to bring some belief you know because if mm-hmm. you've got a team that's perennially perennially underperforming um and yes, there'll be diehard fans, of course. But if you if you're if you're sort of, you know, you're always underachieving, never doing what you would people would hope. You then then suddenly you have change of ownership, bit of belief. Um, I mean, it's not to say that they've been shockingly bad. You know, they've been around 500 for a fair few years before. You know, occasionally ahead of 500, getting into the playoffs. So it's not as though they've been like down at sort of 30 wins a season kind of thing for you know if if, if you go back. Um, but I think it's 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 a fresh start. Put some money in. It's like any club, isn't it? Fresh start. Put some money in. Revamp the the team. Revamp the stadium. Give it a, a, a um, bit more belief. A bit more passion. Um, yeah, it can only be a good thing. Good. Um, so if there's any fans of Chelsea in uh, in soccer listening, I'm sure they were still awaiting to see what the the Todd Bowley influences there. It's perhaps not been positive them in the first year, but I guess with Dodgers, maybe he's got more better advisors or a better knowledge of the sport that it seems to have been a smooth a smooth ownership thus far yeah and it, of course it's different from from sport to sport particularly in the states where they've got you know various forms of salary caps and then mm-hmm. over here i know with i know there's the, the, the sort of financial fair play and you've got to keep an eye on the on the on the money but um yes yeah, a slightly different and and of course the whole the, the sort of the unionized structure of of american sports versus the way it's set up over here with with individuals and their agents doing deals so it's it's a, it's a different framework but but i guess ultimately if you've got if your if your bags of money are big enough you'll find a way to make it work mm-hmm. so how what's your fandom like um so yeah we're recording this on easter monday just just ahead of jackie robinson day later in the week so how how, how much of the season have you watched so far have you been to taking time off work just watching the Weekend games. How how do you follow the Dodgers in a in an average season? I I tend to. Um, I mean, our, the the podcast that we 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 do is called Dodging Sleep for obvious reasons. Because clearly, if we'd picked an East Coast team, it would have been a bit a bit easier to watch. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, I tend to I tend to um, if I'm going to watch anything live, it's, it's often that I'll watch it um, 
first thing in the morning. So I tend to get up quite early for work. Um, so then if I'm going to, and, and often the LA games will still be going at sort of, if I'm up at, I don't know, five, half five in the morning, they'll, they'll still be on still, there. Yeah, so, no, so, so over there. Yeah. Yeah. So I can, I can often get the final, you know, rather than, rather than, um, either going to bed early and then waking up at three or four in the morning or, or, or whatever, I tend, if I'm going to, if I'm going to watch anything live, it tends to be the, the, the latter innings of a game. Um, and, and then get the highlights and then and then we, we always have we have a regular feature on the podcast which is which are uk friendly times so we we always do our sort of predictions for the week ahead in terms of wins and losses um and we pick out which of any games are, are going to be uk friendly and uh, which generally there's about you know one a week if we're lucky unless they've got a whole string of sort of a road trip on the on the east coast and when the, which case there'll be a few um but it, it's it's kind of it's fitting it in around you know family around work um it's not quite the same as you know being able to put um sky sports on over here and watch the premier league and you know get a no. kick off whenever you want sort of thing so i i i, I mix and match a bit of a bit of um if it's early evening starts i'll watch it if it's if it's a late finish i'll pick up the end of the game otherwise it's highlights so the dodging sleep podcast how long has that been going for and had you done podcasts before or was this um something you randomly decided to start doing and caught the bug no never done it before so we we i think we've been doing is this the third or the fourth season now um leon who who ran the sort of set up the the dodgers uk twitter account he he put something out saying you know he was would would love some help if if there's anybody else wanting to help sort of run the twitter account and there were three or four of us who all obviously um, replied and said, "Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give it a go. You know, what can what can possibly go wrong, sort of thing." So uh, there's a few of us sort of help with that, and then from there, somebody had this. I think it was Leon again had the suggestions of, well, as we're doing this, why don't we have a go at doing podcasts? I think like a lot of people, it possibly started would it have started in lockdown, maybe when when a lot of people I think had a go at doing podcasts and stuff because it was a something to do when you kind of stuck yeah. at home. So we've probably been doing yeah three or three or four years. Um, and I think we, the first year we we were, because of lockdown, it was religiously sort of every week, and we 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 didn't miss too many. Then, as kind of the world's opened up again and life started to get back to normal, it's you know, family and work and stuff getting in the way. But I think we, so last season we probably didn't record as many as we've liked. But but I think this year the the view is let's get it. We'll find that kind of happy medium. Weekly is probably impractical, um, but but you can't go beyond sort of two or three weeks. Otherwise people lose the, lose that sort of flow. So I think we'll probably try and do fortnightly for this season. And then, and then if there are special moments in between and I run up to the all-star game or um, if we get to post season, then we might increase the frequency at that point. So your, your co-host, this is a purely online uh, relationship or, or friendship through fellow Dodgers fans, or are these people you, you've met up with, you go to watch parties with? No, no, we've um, we. Do you know what we keep saying? We really must must meet up. We must meet up. Um, so, so no, I've not I've not met any of them. I think a couple of the others have, have met each other in the flesh. I've not met any of them. Um, we we said after we won the World Series, you said right, we ought to get together and have a celebration. And then we, again, you know, weeks passing, never get round to it. But um, yeah, it, we, we've been doing it a few years now. It's it's going to be on the cars at some point. We were talking about having um, maybe doing something around the sort of the London games this year, maybe getting together then doing something like that. Um, either I mean, there's a couple of them are going up to London, um, but it could be that we try and get a, get together and just 
just find them pop on the TV. Live episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if um if we 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 speak again then throughout the season, Ian, do you mentioned off uh, post season? So when I this podcast gets to its post season episode, will I be bringing you back to talk about the Dodgers or what? How confident are you feeling about about this season? Um, we did our we did our the first one of the season. We did our predictions. Um, you know win prediction and, and and how we think we'll get on um i think i was yeah i think last year i had about 90 something was my um was my win number and i think i'm i'm down by 10 or 12 this time round. um it's it's off to a sort of a shaky start um i don't think we'll win the division this year i i, I think i think the padres are going to come through strong and i think i think they'll i think they'll win it i think we'd probably be good enough to make make the postseason make a wild card game um but but after that all bets are off we've yeah. we've had enough we've had enough um heartache going into the postseason over the last few years where you know there was that that infamous cover of sports illustrated wasn't there you know Dodgers greatest team of all time sort of thing and then they crashed out so um you know you you can go in as the hot favorite and 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 not do particularly well um so I, I to be honest I'd be quite happy to go in as not the hot favorite and then and then maybe win it but um we shall see we shall see injuries are yeah, as with all sports injuries can be a can be a massive thing in, in baseball as we know so um, we'll wait and see yeah definitely um so if um you said you mentioned you were able to persuade the family to go on a holiday to LA uh, a few years into your, your your fandom. What is have you been back back since, or is it still just been a, a one time one time visit over to Dodger Stadium for you? No, we've been a couple of times, uh, and and thankful enough, seen them win on both occasions. So we saw them sort of beat the Padres in one game, and saw them beat the Astros in another game, which was which was um, where the atmosphere was. Um, was 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 pretty intense because it was after the 17 world series so that was um yeah that was that was a that was a good one to be at um so yeah i've been a couple of times we've we've been lucky enough to have a few holidays over the states so i've been able to see see baseball at, at some of the other sort of cities at some of the other other stadiums but um yeah a couple of times to la so what's the is there any particular la delicacy or any famous um ballpark food that you have must try when you go to the Dodger <laughs> stadium uh, baseball food's amazing, isn't it? Um, you've got to have a Dodger dog. Um, if you're going to Dodge Stadium, um, get there early and do the kind of wander around and the, the photo ops and look at the, the, yeah. the statues and all the stuff outside. Um, we were lucky enough. We did the first time we went was a was family day at Dodger Stadium, so they did a um, kids can walk the bases thing. So all three of my nice. boys have have been out and have, have have run the bases at Dodger Stadium, which is which is quite cool. So we've got. A, couple of photos of them doing that so you know if you've got got kids and you get the chance to be there on a family day that's 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 worth doing um and of course getting stuck in the legendary traffic at the end of the game <laughs> um which everybody moans about and um you know la traffic is bad enough but la traffic at the end of a dodgers game is, is something to be held so um yeah and a reason to stay in the park and and take carry on doing photos or look at the fireworks or or whatever to try and avoid the traffic Cool. Certainly, definitely one one to add to the list. So, Ian, thank you very much for 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 the time. Is there any, you, we've mentioned your your podcast? So it's at Dodgers in the UK on, on Twitter. Is that the best best place to find you? Absolutely, yeah. And then the Dodge and Sleep podcast, which is available on all the usual sort of podcast sites. Cool. So uh, again, thanks to all for listening. And Ian, once again, thanks very much for your time on this Easter Monday. No worries. Glad to be here. 
can find the podcast at Swollen Jaw Pod. And please remember to share and review so that other baseball fans can find us. Please get in touch if you have a story, idea or suggestion about your team that I need to know about. And tune in next week to hear more about my journey into baseball.